0: Watching as the African Cup of Nations games continue to roll past fans and continue to turn out some great results, some not so great in terms of drab draws, or should I say? in terms of missed opportunities, missed chances and players not being clinical enough. My name is Rotimi Dharamala and you're welcome to yet another episode of the first Minutes podcast and in this episode, the first of the year, coincidentally, I have to say happy new year to you and yours. I hope you're well and I hope the year has started on a fantastic note for you. It's brilliant to see what has been happening in terms of African football, it's also brilliant to see how uh well in my part of the world the gist about european football has um almost gone non-existent as african football talk about african football the hashtags um they talk about the refereeing and the officiating of course have dominated the hair waves and uh, the hair waves had the h factor in it <laughs> i don't know if other people apart from africans have h factor but i'm an nigerian yoruba boy so uh, yes the h factor at some point in time will just come out despite your knowledge of um the spoken word that is called english or the spoken language that is called english anyway um away from all of that charity begins at home so i talk about the african cup of Nations so far. Uh, the jostle to qualify for the next stage of the competition is still pretty much on. We're going to have um, some group E, watching group E and group F games later today. This has been recorded on the 20th of January yes, 2022. Africa still take on Algeria. Algeria hanging in the balance. Gambia also take on Tunisia with a little matter of Sierra Leone taking on Equatorial Guinea and of course Mali um, taking on Mauritania. Speaking of Sierra Leone, if you have not been watching, I think you should keep an eye out for um, their goalkeeper who has been fantastic. If they get a win against the criteria again tonight, uh, they should be able to um, go all the way in the tournament. But uh, sorry, go qualify for the next stage of the tournament. But look out for Mohamed Kamara, age 22, I guess. Yes, he's been fantastic so far in the tournament. Can't say any less for the goalkeeper, he has played um, all of the games, all of the games, two games, he kept a clean sheet against Algeria. Um, I think we have made team of the week from select uh, media sources for that have been covering the game so far and um, I think he's been, he's been fantastic I, I dare say he's been fantastic he's one to look out for and he's also one we will be look. I will be looking out for to see if he makes any move from this tournament after this tournament because he's been really, really, really good and let's let's look at the whole tournament holistically now Um, I I try to see if I can put a theory to what I have experienced at the African Cup of Nations so far this season. I think I have one word, still one word, despite the fact that the goals have been pouring in in the final round of group state games. I think only one game so far has ended without without a goal, and that has to be the game between Malawi and Senegal. Um, Besides that, in the third round of group state games, it's been really goals, goals, goals. Regardless of that, I still dare say that the tournament has been one uh, one huge show of profligacy. Yes, I got it. I got it right this time around. I've been pronouncing that before I started recording. Profligacy. Yes. Reckless extravagance or wastefulness in the use of resources. Yes, that is the definition of Pro Flee And as far as I can tell, as far as my eyes have been able to judge at the ongoing African Cup of Nations tournament going on in Cameroon, that has been the definition of some teams. Yes, of course, I would not be saying that if there are no numbers to back the claim up, and I've chosen a small a small sample size that's um, one sixth of uh, the 24 teams that have been playing so far. The African Cup of Nations, some have gone home, the likes of Equatorial. First to come, <laughs> uh, sorry, is it Ethiopia? Sorry, first to come, first to go away. Is it Ethiopia or Equatorial game? No, it has to be Ethiopia, right? Ethiopia is in the same group with the Faso, year Cameroon and the like So, first to come, and of course, they would also be the first to leave Cameroon as they have been there. Uh, they were the first to leave Cameroon. As they were the first to be eliminated, but then again, I will talk about the four teams um, upon whose um, on whose performance I am hinging my claim that um, teams have been profligate or have exhibited the profligate behavior in terms of um, um, being wasteful upfront, in terms of reckless extravagance in the use of resources. I'll start with the home side, the host side Cameroon. Cameroon played against um, Burkina Faso in their first game, then went on to play Ethiopia and then went on to uh take on I think Never sure thought the last team they played on. I think it was a one one draw. Yeah, Cape Verde. Yeah, in the in the final game. I stand to be correct. Yeah, it was getting Cape, Cape Verde. And everybody was thinking they would finish the group with uh, three three wins, but they didn't. So it was just two wins and the draw. And of the seven goals, I think they scored, two were penalties. And those two were uh, the two penalties that came in the game, in the opening game of the tournament against um, Burkina Faso. Yes. Now, in the game against, speaking, sticking with the game against Burkina Faso, um, Cameroon had eight shots in the box. Now, I will be, um, of course, one of the go-to sources or statistics for my claims, backing up my claims has to be shots taken in the box. I believe that um, any player would take, well, say maybe... Maybe, maybe not Lampard. Maybe not Gerard. Maybe not Aniracy. Uh, the likes of the player. Maybe not Rodri. I mean, those guys of the belters from outside the 18-yard area. But any other player, I think, on any day would um, fancy a chance in the box rather than a chance outside of it or depending on what angle you're looking at but then again that's a that's for another day um so right now the resources right now that i think that the the players who have been um, playing at the tournament so far have been extravagant or uh, have been wasteful in terms of its usage has to be the resource um has to be the the shots taken inside the 18 yard area as a resource now for Cameroon they had eight um, of the 14 shots registered in the game against Burkina Faso they had eight of it inside the 18 yard area with four of it coming on target of course two after two of those has to be um, the penalties they scored in the game against Ethiopia they had ten um, in the box and of course in the game against um, Cape Verde they had six in the 18-yard area, combined that's 24, 24 shots in the box out of a total of 45 managed across those three games. Now, of those 24, 14 only 14. Well, let me not say only 14. That's over half. Half were half on target, and half of those how Sorry, out of those half, that's 12. Is that 12 or 14? that's 14 now? Of the 14, they scored seven goals. Not bad for every two shot on target. I, I think yes, seven goals from 14 shots on target. Of course, that means that for every goal scored, they had to register two shots on target. I have to go to it sounds a bit clinical. I mean, for for every two shots on target, there's going to be at least one goal. Not bad, not bad. I think for for Cameroon. However, you have to understand that they could have done more. And the other side that could have done more has to be uh, the highest rank, the highest ranked, yes, highest ranked side in the is the it, is it highest it has to be Senegal. we' that one Cameroon? Sorry, um, Algeria or Senegal? Well, they're, they're, they're either the highest ranked side, or the second highest ranked side. I think it has to be between them and Algeria. Senegal, right now, the first game they could only three points via um spot kick that came very, very late in that game against Zimbabwe. But in that game, they registered 13 shots or they managed. 13 shots from inside the opposition's 18-yard area out of the 16, total 16 that they managed on the day. Of those 13, check this out, only 3 managed to be on target. That's 3 shots on target out of 13 managed inside the area. Of course, they will go on to manage 0-0 draws in both their games against Guinea and Malawi and to add the sum total together, Senegal managed 36 shots in total in the group in the group stages. Yes, against Zimbabwe, Guinea, and Malawi. And of those 36, 28 were actually managed from inside the area, so they didn't have any penetration problems, so to speak. They didn't have any problem breaking down the defense or trying to get into the danger zone or trying to maneuver their way whenever they got to the final third. It was more about finishing off the chances that were already set before them. And of those 28 shots from inside the opposition's 18-yard area, yep, they only scored one goal. One goal from eight shots on target. So, that means 36 total shots, eight on target. I think that's um, for every four shots that they managed, yes, an average, for every shots that they managed, four shots that were managed, one was on target. As opposed to um, Cameroon's 14 over 45, that's for every three shots or uh, managed in the growth stage, they, for every three shots they manage at least one shot on target. For Senegal, they needed four shots in total before they could register at least one shot on target. Uh, well, and even out of the 36 shots managed, they could only score one goal. Make of that what you will. I have to move on to Morocco. I think, uh, Morocco for Morocco, it's, it's been more about, uh, how do I put it now, making the most of the opportunities that came their way. Ghana would not score against them, so they took the opportunity that, that presented itself towards them. And this one pass Ghana, of course, two also against Comoros. I think the game against Gabon in the two thrilling two. two, two, two next 2-2. It was the other game between Comoros and Ghana that ended in a 2-3 uh, with Comoros coming out as the winners in that one. But against Ghana Morocco recorded 8 shots inside the um, the Ghanaian's 18 yard area out of the 12 in total that they registered in that game. Not bad. 3 of those were on target <clears throat> and they could only score 1. In their 20 win over um, Comoros, check this out, they registered 14 shots they registered 14 shots from inside Comoros's 18-yard area out of the 19 in total that they managed in that game. Nine of those were on target. They hit the woodwork once. They missed five big chances and could only score two goals. If you had, if you add the four shots on target, sorry, four shots they managed from inside the 18-yard area in the game against Gabon um, to the total that they have, then you have 26 shots managed from inside the 18-yard area over the group stages as compared to the 40 total shots that they attempted in their 3 games so we are talking 26 shots uh, from inside the area over 40 shots are managed in total in the competition this math is pretty much difficult to make um, so I'm not sure if I can give you the average uh, what's that now 13 over 20 wow that math is a bit complicated but then again I think that they could have done more. For me, I feel they could have they could have done more. Three on target against Gabon, nine on target. How we say that you're having nine shots on target and you're scoring just two goals in the game against Comoros. Could have, should have been more if you could get one goal from three shots on target against Ghana. Then, I mean, you should get two or three or more in, if you can manage nice shots on target in the game against Comoros. Let's not talk about uh, the game against Gabon. Even though they have three shots on target, they could only manage one goal from open play with the other coming from Sofia and penalty in the second half. We'll switch over to Nigeria. Uh, three wins out of three. Uh, of course, being touted heavily as favourites to um, take the tournament and win the win the the gold at the tournament. However, let's look at their numbers closely. Only in the game, in the last game, which was um, the game against Guinea-Bissau, the they not register shots. Um, they not register shots inside the Etienne area in double digits. In the game against Egypt, they they register ten shots in the egyptian 18 yard area um, in the game against sudan they registered 14 shots they attempted 14 shots from inside the 18 yard area of the opponent but against the guinea bissau of course they could only manage nine which is still pretty much close if you some if you um, get the sum total of everything that they achieved in terms of shots managed in the opposition's 18 yard area in the group stages of the african cup of nations then you're talking 33 33 that is an average of 11 group stage games that they played and of the 33 check this out um 12 17 17 were on target so that means for every 30, that means for every almost an average of say every two shots attempted from inside the 80 yard area of the opposition they at least registered one shot on target it's no wonder that it scored a total of six goals in the group stages so if we are talking what now 17 shots on target and they scored seven goals your the, nigeria needs an average of say 2.5 or three shots on targets to be able to register one goal. I don't know if this has confused you all the more, or whether it's um, how I, it makes you more convinced about the the story of profligacy that I'm pushing, or should I say the agenda of profligacy that I'm pushing as regards to the African Cup of Nations. However, maybe these numbers don't paint the picture colorfully enough for you. You have to see these games. I think Nigeria hit the woodwork in every yep, yep every game they played in the group stage against Egypt, against um against Sudan, against Guinea-Bissau. They hit the good work every time. And, yeah, I understand national team coaches don't have that much time. Even players themselves don't have that much time to understand the pattern and what their teammates want and what they don't want. However, I just feel like sides could have done more. It was more obvious. Of course, it's being papered over right now, Um, especially in the last round of games. There's been so much gold here, there, and everywhere. However, in the first two rounds of group stage games, uh, you couldn't say the same because chances teams were literally fluffing chances. The likes of Guinea were throwing away big chances. Um, the likes of Morocco were throwing away big chances. Senegal suspect also. So, I think that for everybody involved in the African Cup of Nation, if yep, this is just a small sample size one sixth of the total uh, amount of teams playing at the tournament. However, if I mentioned Senegal, Nigeria, if I mentioned Cameroon, if I mention Morocco um as part of the sample size then i think it goes to show that those are mostly the heavyweights of the tournament and um, the heavy if the heavyweights are as guilty if these guys who are making it to the next round of the competition as are, are, are guilty in terms of profligacy then you can almost say the same for um uh, maybe the likes of commerce cape bird uh, malawi even though Malawi too will be making it to the next round of the competition, but then again, the likes of um, let's see now, let's see now, let's see now, Sudan, the likes of um, Equatorial Guinea, the likes of Mauritania, Mauritania very very suspect in that game against um, Tunisia had their chances, had a lot of their chances, and for them not to score in that game ridiculous to put <laughs> to put it in the slightest. But then again, I think this is one of the beauty. Of uh, international football because there's little time, but then again, these guys do come up with these huge numbers. On one side, I'm not happy that we've not seen that much goals. However, on the other side, it's good to see that this to be reminded again that these players are not robots; they are human beings. And as much as you put them together in such a short while, there's only a limit. There's, there's a limit to what they can do what they can pull off. That will be it for me from the African Cup of Nations. Um, I think that we'll be talking more extensively about how the group stage games panned out, when the likes of Ivory Coast, Algeria, sort themselves out, Well, we are sure about the, the teams that, the, the parents, no, the teams that make it through to the knockout stages, the round of 16, and of course, the pairings for the games in the knockout stages, before I leave you, I have to talk about that 97th minute winner feeling, wine or wine. For Spurs scoring the leveler in the 95th minute and scoring the winner in the 97th minute. Watch the game. And I just have to say, for all the work that Begwine did, getting those goals and all of that, you have to credit Eric Dyer. Was he Eric know now? Somebody who made an interception for Kane. who no, made the interception, then passed to Kane, who later released Begwine for that 97th minute winner. I think, yeah, Harry Kane made the pass, but I'm not sure now who actually made the pass to Hurricane. Why I'm saying this is because, yeah, we, we tend to celebrate all these goals and say, oh, okay, this is a big one. is called a late last minute winner and all of that. However, I think it was either Harry Winks, either Harry Winks or um, Hoiberg, one of two who made that interception intercepted the play from Leicester City. They were trying to advance to see if they could get a winner. But then again, they got intercepted. And from there on, the pass was led um, to have um, to Harry Kane, who made the assist for Bergwijn, who, of course, raced down, rounded Schmeichel, and, of course, slotted the ball home. The ball hit the woodwork on its way home. By the way, I, I think that was one of the highlights so far or oh, that has to be one of the highlights of Antonio Conte's career as manager for Spurs, I think it was good to see. And I also think that it's a feeling that that almost 95% of other feelings don't come close to because they were staring defeat in the eye. Madison had put Leicester City up, um, I think around the 70-something minute, and for, Les- for Spurs to come back, get a goal, 2-2, and then get a winner it's incredible to see however what is more incredible is or should i say are their chances when it comes to finishing top four they're currently fifth they have three games in hand fifth behind west ham who have played who have played 22 games spurs have only played 19 games so it remains to be seen what conte can do with the sports side it also remains to be seen what the italian can do in terms of leveraging on this big big win against Leicester, this where we draw the curtain on this episode of the first six minutes podcast the first for the year 2022 thanks for joining thanks for listening in so far more importantly thanks for dropping reviews wherever you get your podcast episodes from i hope january has been kind to you and i'm really hoping that the year 2022 will be kind to you be favorable to you and you find your big breaks, whether in June, whether in February, or whether in December. Whatever you'll be doing in the days, weeks, and months ahead, I hope it's profitable for you. Stay safe, wash your hands, stay away from crowded places. If you're not wearing a nose mask or you're not fascinated, most importantly, make the most use of your time. Because while life is incredibly long, yep, 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 life is also incredibly short. I'll catch you in the next episode of the podcast. Cheers, my friends, and bye for now.